The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Let's get to our market's guest now, Stefan Monia, Chief Investment Officer at Lombard Odia, joining us on the line from Singapore. Great to have you with us again, Stefan. We spoke on television a few months ago. We saw more jumbo hikes signalled from Jay Powell uh, overnight our time, and that came just hours after the ECB did that. What are we kind of hearing in terms of the, the very hawkish messages from central bankers as they try to rein in inflation? Well, you know, the the message was not a surprise. It was a confirmation of uh, Jackson Hole's speech. And uh, clearly, you know, both uh, the Federal Reserve and uh, the European Central Bank are fighting to regain the credibility they have lost, uh, you know, uh, on inflation over the last, uh, uh, you know, few months. And therefore, uh, you know, you can expect that they will continue on this policy of uh, uh, hiking rates uh, rapidly uh, towards uh, uh, the end of the year. And then they will keep the rates at the the level of the treasury appropriate for most of 2023. How concerned are you that we are going to see some kind of big downturn, particularly when you look at the energy crisis in Europe coupled with all the other headwinds we're facing? The situation is uh, more difficult uh, in Europe, as you, as you mentioned, uh, Juliette. But uh, our main scenario, we give a 70% probability uh, to a mild recession in the U.S. in 2023 and a 30% probability of a, of a deep recession. It all depends on how the rate hikes from uh, the Fed are going to be effective on the U.S. unemployment uh, rate. Uh, if uh, you know, they manage to uh, push uh, you know, inflation down, down to more reasonable level with an, inf- with an unemployment rate of around you know four and a half percent, we would have a mild recession. If they need to push the unemployment rate as much as let's say six percent, then we'll have a, a very deep recession. Let's talk about the impact to Asia and particularly from the strong dollar. I mean, a lot of concerns about outflows here too. Where are you seeing kind of value when we did see Asian equities hit that two-year low or more than two-year low earlier in the week? Well, uh, it is clear that already uh, a lot of concerns are uh, embedded in the current uh, equity market prices in Asia. But uh, in the long run, uh, this kind of uh, weakness uh, and depressed valuation, uh, we think, will create interesting opportunities for investors because, you know, different Asian countries' long-term growth journey is not finished. It will not stop uh, despite the, the, the current challenges. And uh, what is not uh, worthy also is that there has been more challenges in terms of valuation in uh, North Asia than in South Asia. Uh, yeah. The MSCI uh, Asia X Japan was down 20% uh, uh, this year. Uh, mm. And there are some countries have had that type of negative uh, performance, such as China, Korea, or Taiwan. Yeah, the they're end, performing you know, better. Market are showing positive performance. So just picking up where you have seen some value in the likes of Indian and ASEAN uh, indices, how much further do we see sort of 
a pos- positivity in these indexes? And, and is that really driven as well by the reopening story, which is ahead of North Asia? I think there will be probably a more of a catch-up of North Asia rather than, uh, than okay. South Asia going, uh, you know, uh, going on. Uh, this will, uh, of course, depend heavily on China reopening prospect and uh, also on global economic condition. Uh, if you take uh, the MSCI Asia X Japan, currently the uh, forward price earning ratio is around 12, point, uh, 12 times, uh, which is uh, a third lower than uh, you know the U.S. So uh, there, there, there is a valuation buffer in the region in comparison to other markets in the world. I mentioned the strength of the dollar, and we know that that is always adding to those worries that we mentioned about capital outflows. Where do you see, I guess, further weakness in some of these EM currencies? And are we going to face a similar uh, scenario to what we saw in 1997? Well, you know, f- first, uh, what we've noticed uh, uh, until now is that FX reserves have fallen uh, between 6 uh, to 12 percent, depending on the country year to date. Uh, this is a combination of capital outflows and also some occasional intervention uh, by the central banks. Uh, but uh, compared to what happened, you know, in, in previous crises, it's not that much. We have a relatively cautious outlook for uh, emerging market Asian currencies at this time, uh, but we think that uh, the Asian currency could do better than other emerging markets, just, such as Eastern Europe. Um, we see uh, that currency like uh, uh, the Malaysian ringgit or the Singapore uh, dollar holding their grounds better versus the U.S. dollar uh, because they have uh, uh, an advantageous position as a stagflation edge. Uh, on the other hand, uh, uh, we think also uh, that the uh, Taiwanese dollar and the Chinese uh, renminbi uh, could uh, further depreciate, but this would be limited uh, given FX intervention that we will see uh, from uh, you know the, the, their authorities, but also they have a very positive uh, underlying external balances. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if we get a 13th stronger bias in terms of that fix today too. Let's talk more broadly about the China economy story. We're going to get that big data dump next week. Uh, how much, I guess, further weakness are you expecting in the economy? And does this things or do things change after the party congress? Do we start to see more support and a turnaround here and I guess perhaps a pivot away from COVID zero? Well, uh, you know, first, uh, one uh, issue that they don't have as other uh, countries is inflation, right? Inflation is retained, you know, in in China, and that's uh, an advantage for them. And uh, if you look at the monetary and fiscal measures they have taken recently, they are quite significant. If you compare them to what, uh, for example, on the fiscal side, what they did back uh, at the time of COVID in early 2020, we are uh, having measure of a similar amount. So yes, indeed, you know, uh, we expect a, a, a rebound in the Chinese economy in the second half of the year, but this is, of course, all dependent on the evolution of the, the COVID-19 crisis. So I think it has already happened, you know, the, the fiscal measure that has been announced that are being put in place mm-hmm. has been put in place ahead of the uh, Congress of the Communist Party. So that's, uh, you know, uh, already moving. Uh, as far as the COVID policy is concerned, for the time being, we are not seeing uh, much change. There has been slight, uh, I would say, uh, uh, loosening of the measures uh, in case of lockdown. But obviously, uh, this is a very uh, touchy issue for the, for the Chinese government. Indeed. How investable is China from a Lombard Odia view? 
um, China is investable from a Lombardier point of view, especially because it's a very good diversifier in the global portfolio. China represents, you know, 16 or 17 percent of the world economy uh, from a PPP, uh, you know, adjusted uh, point of view, and therefore, uh, you know, an investor cannot, a global investor cannot ignore China. It's a very important economy, very important financial market, and we do invest in China. And finally, I just wanted to ask you about what we saw from the RBA Governor Lowe yesterday, which saw quite a, a big turnaround in the global bond market, but that signal there to potentially end those large hikes. Uh, just tell us how you read that and I guess what it could mean for other central bank thinking too moving forward into 2023. Yes, since we uh, see Australia growth uh, decelerating to 1.5% pace in the next few quarters, uh, especially with some modest softening in the labor market. We believe it is appropriate for the RBA at least debate smaller step hikes depending on the inflation outlook. Uh, however, we think also the guidance should be managed carefully because inflation is still quite high. And uh, long term, uh, we think that the Aussie rate will remain volatile and more correlated to the U.S. Treasury yields uh, before they come down uh, clear, clear in uh, 2023. Always a pleasure, Stefan. Thank you so much. Stefan Monia's Chief Investment Officer at Lombard Odia joining us from Singapore here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.